0: and we are live we're here once again my name is sheldon alexander and this is the wrap it up podcast as always your on blast raps post game show as you can see i am here discussing this toronto raptors game the raptors lose their first game of the season Again, the Raptors lose, 124-108 to the Milwaukee Bucks. There's a lot to it. A lot that was a little bit different about this game. The thing is, you come into this game and you're the Toronto Raptors and you're riding high 6-0 against the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks also coming into this game 6-0. And a very weird stat, both teams coming in 6-0 the first time in NBA history that two teams that are 6-0 have met in an NBA game. That, my friends, is a crazy stat. That also led us to a crazy game because there's there's lots going on here. Lots going on in this game. And the first thing that was super important in this game, again, if you're just tuning in, is we give people some time to like join into the chat join in on the instagram live again my name is Shell alexander and thank you for joining me on the Rapid up podcast if you're watching this live either on instagram you're following me at shell alexander join us say hello give your comments on what's going on in this game right now or if you're watching this on twitter at shell alexander multiple ways you can get at me Let me know what you think about this Toronto Raptors game as Raptors lose their first game of the season. Again, a tough loss, 124. I still don't know because ESPN says it's 108. The broadcast said it was 109. Either way, Raptors got smashed. First loss of the season, tough sledding for the Toronto Raptors as they go down to a Milwaukee Bucks team that looks so much different than the team that we saw last season. This Milwaukee Bucks team plays up and down this Milwaukee Bucks team shoots a lot of threes and I know that they didn't have Giannis and that's going to be the biggest takeaway but this team in general under coach Budenholzer who if you remember Raptors fans was the guy who was rumored to be the favorite in Toronto the guy who Masai Ujiri wanted to bring in first and it didn't really work out Raptors lose their first game of the year but no Kawhi Leonard as The decision was made again, back-to-back. They don't want to play him in both games. Nick Nurse discussed the fact that he would rather play Kawhi, not have him fly out, not have him make the trip, and have him ready to go for the home game tomorrow night against another Eastern Conference, quote-unquote, power, the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, you can argue and debate. I'd love to get people's opinions on what do you think about Kawhi Leonard not playing in back-to-backs early, I'd love to get people's opinion on what you think. And again, if you're on Instagram, shoot me some questions. Let me know what you think as we go along. We ask some questions here. And if you're on Twitter and you're watching this on Twitter, click the link and that will get you into Periscope. And once you're in Periscope, you will see a different setup. And in that setup, you're able to join in, ask questions, see what's going on, ask me questions, talk about what's going on. I want to get your feedback and we'll get to that as the Raptors lose again. First game of the season, Raptors down 124-109 or 108, depending on where you check, whatever, doesn't matter. The point remains the same. Let's go through what happened in this game. Because as mentioned, Kawhi Leonard wasn't the only person missing for the Toronto Raptors. And because he was resting, you don't really want to focus on that too much. Let's focus on the other side of this game because I think this side this game came down to the Raptors bench or lack thereof in this situation Toronto Raptors were also you look at their starting lineup it was supposed to be JV Pascal Norm Danny Green and Kyle Lowry a late change turned into Serge Ibaka into the starting lineup for Jonas Valanciunas now the biggest thing to the to this game was no OG Ananobi no Fred Van Fleet Now, we all know that the strength of the Toronto Raptors team last year, and even if you go back to the start of this season, you've seen it in flashes. You've seen it in bunches where the Raptors bench comes in and they're able to dominate certain games. They're able to take over certain games. This was a far cry from that. With no Fred, who is the leader of your second unit, but also DeLon Wright still doesn't look well. DeLon Wright doesn't look like he's at 100% yet. And That really hurts your second unit. Plus also having to take Norm out of the second unit and put him in the starting lineup. You're talking about a game here where you're going to ask for a lot from Kyle Lowry, from Danny Green, from your starters, but most especially Serge Baca and Pascal Siakam. So you look at that point and and you figure, well, you're looking at the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks starting lineup they put out tonight because again, they also didn't have Giannis. You have Brooke Lopez, Ursan Ilyasova, Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, and Malcolm Brogdon. Now, most of those guys we've seen on that team last year, you've seen that on that team in years past. Brooke Lopez is obviously brand new, but you might think the JV matchup makes a lot more sense against Brooke Lopez, but it doesn't really work out that way because Brooke Lopez is playing more of a stretch five. And I know you got to see a glimpse of what the Bucs team will look like this year, but look at the three-point shooting and then add in Giannis playing in the post. This team is legit. The Bucks are a legit legit team. This is not the same Bucks team that we've seen in, in years past. This is not the same Bucks team that your Toronto Raptors beat in the playoffs uh, a couple years ago. This is a very different Bucks team, and it starts with their style of play. And the biggest thing, I think, we should remember is the Bucks came in to oh sorry, the Bucks last season, averaged 24.7 three-pointers per game last season. Again. three pointers a game last season. In the first half, they took 24 threes in tonight's game. That's just a great example of how different this team is and the looks that they're giving being totally different. They came in shooting just under 40 a night in the NBA this season. Or, yeah, this season. Attempting again 40 three pointers this season in comparison to last year, where this exact same team shot just 24 threes. So you're talking about pace of play, style of play, that's completely different. And if you're paying attention to how the Raptors do their business, the Bucks are almost a carbon copy. It's the same style where you're you want to shoot either in the paint or you want to be shooting threes. You see that a lot with the Milwaukee Bucks and it was another thing in the first half where they led at the half 62 to 53 but Milwaukee's 62 first half points, all of their 62 first half points came either from the restricted area, the three-point line, or the free throw line. Again, free throws, three-pointers, and shooting in the paint. That's where you want to go. And I know this gets attributed a lot to the Houston Rockets. You know, maybe even you might give some of that love to the Golden State Warriors for starting this trend of how things worked now in the nba as you're seeing a lot of teams adapt to this style of play where you either want layups dunks or threes but the milwaukee bucks are fully equipped to do that and the crazy part about what they did tonight to me was the fact that you look at their lineup and no Giannis again but the three-pointers wasn't just coming from one guy it was a full arsenal you had ursan Ilyasova, three for six from three-point land chris middleton four for nine from three-point land bledsoe he added two threes you go to their bench Don Maker coming off the bench he hits two threes Tony Snell comes off the bench he's three for three from three Pat Connington comes off the bench two for four from three even your boy Dante DiVincenzo Webby shouts to you I know that's your guy Dante DiVincenzo off the bench with two of five from three this team is just a completely different squad again they attempted 45 threes in this game and you know When you look at a team and you're talking about how you change the exact style of play, we talk about this a lot with the Toronto Raptors, right? And what they were trying to do in terms of building a system so that the system, not one player is above the system. And if you look at how the Milwaukee Bucks played, you thought everything was Giannis, 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 Giannis. There's a lot of talk amongst Raptors fans heading into this game that, oh, without Giannis, this is going to be an easy win, despite the fact that the Raptors did not have Kawhi Leonard. And it didn't really turn out that way. And it's because you're seeing a system implemented by the Milwaukee Bucks that is bigger than just having the one player. And I know if you're Raptors fans, you're going to be, you're going to be down because you lost the first game of the season. But let's be serious here. You weren't going to go 82-0. It wasn't going to happen. I mean, there are a lot of positives you can take from this game. Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka, I still can't say anything bad about Serge Ibaka because he's balling. Another big night for Serge. 30 points on 12 of 21 shooting, 9 rebounds. Pascal Siakam. We're seeing the flourish of Pascal Siakam right before our eyes. 22 points tonight, 10 of 16 from the floor, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 4 steals. Siakam was all over the place because, as we always say, It's not just about the stat sheet with Pascal. He's all over the court. He's grabbing rebounds. He's bringing the ball up the floor. The only thing you kind of could pick at with his game was he was 0 for 4 from the three-point line. But again, without Kawhi Leonard, you're asking a lot more from everybody else. So I don't know how much you could actually ask from, how much more you could ask from a guy like Pascal, who's just now starting to come into his own in terms of an NBA player. Uh, I'm going to go to Instagram here, and I see a comment from... The DDS Cap Boys, it says, total letdown. Kawhi should have played tonight. Bucks were on fire. Now, this will be a lot of talk in Raptor Land, and people will wonder, people will complain. Hey, if Kawhi's only here for one year, should we be giving him just nights off like that on the first half of first or second half of back to backs? Are you okay with Kawhi Leonard resting early in the season? Personally, you got Kawhi Leonard because your aspirations are to win championships, right? Or at least get to the NBA finals. Bottom line is you got Kawhi Leonard because you want to make a deep run in the playoffs. So I don't really have a problem with having Kawhi not play certain games or, you know, take part in a back-to-back early on in the season. I'm okay with that because at the end of the day, in the grand scheme of things, what does this game against the Milwaukee Bucks mean? Also, I think once Giannis isn't playing... I can more so understand the decision of, you know what, if Giannis isn't playing, let's rest Kawhi. Because even if you're talking about, oh, let's see how we match up against the Milwaukee Bucks down the line, you don't need to do that right now. And plus, with no Giannis, you're not really getting that matchup anyways if you played Kawhi. So I'm totally okay with them not playing him. Plus, I like the fact that they're holding him out and they would rather play him at home. I like that as as a strategy you know he does have to take the extra flight plus there's a road trip coming up at the end of this week hey the whole thing about Kawhi is you want him to be ready for the playoffs so instead of that you know what chill out relax remember it's big picture it's just one game to me there are so many other things to go on that you could point to in this game other situations that you know Tonight was the first game that the whole JV and Serge Ibaka, I think this was their second game. I'll, I'll give this a second game out of the seven that the Raptors have played this year in which the tandem of Ibaka and JV didn't really live up to what they've been doing for the majority of the season. Serge Ibaka did his part. Again, 30 points, nine rebounds. He did his thing. Shot a pretty solid percentage at 12 of 21, but JV struggled. JV finished 3 of 10, but I'm pretty sure he started 0 of 7 from the floor, and this was a game where, especially being shorthanded, you needed a game from JV. You needed JV to come in and really be an anchor scoring-wise for your second unit, and he did not provide that at all. You're not going to win many games if you're the Toronto Raptors, and you're not getting bench production, because that's just the strength of what this team is. And there's a certain point, I'm trying to find the numbers here, but... In the first half, the Toronto Raptors bench started 2-for-20. 2-for-20. You're not going to win many games if your bench is going 2-for-20. Plus, in contrast, we mentioned what the Bucks bench was doing on the flip side. Those things, it's just not going to work if you're the Toronto Raptors. And it was a tough game. But at the same time, I'm happy to see the growing pains because you want to see what you have. You want to give chances to guys like Lorenzo Brown. He played heavy minutes tonight. His line doesn't look really good, but you're throwing him to the fire because you're going to need Lorenzo Brown, especially if you don't know how Fred and DeLon's injuries are going to play out this season. So you might really need Lorenzo Brown. So it's good to get him in tough minutes and especially tough road minutes because that crowd was rocking. And having Lorenzo Brown play serious minutes in a game like that, where, you know, you're going against Bulldogs like Eric Bledsoe and Brogdon in a tough environment like that it could only hurt I'm sorry it can't hurt is what I meant to say so that was a good sign for me to see Lorenzo Brown get minutes do you want to see him play better obviously Malachi Richardson same thing I mean you're a lot of pieces away from having Malachi Richardson minutes matter to this Toronto Raptors team but again it doesn't hurt to throw him to the wolves and 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 see what you got there right because you just never know what can happen the guys I'm really going to point to because I'm disappointed in you know, how they perform tonight in terms of a game where if you know Kawhi's not there, you know that OG's not there, you know that Fred's not there, everybody else has to step up a lot. Pascal, cool, you put in work. Serge, can't be mad at you, you put in work. Norm, I think, played solid minutes. Norm gave you solid minutes in the starting lineup. Norm wasn't trying to do too much as he, as sometimes happens with Norman Powell. You see him kind of put his head down and he'll just try to like barrel his way to the basket all the time or force shots. I felt like Norm did everything within the, off, the offense. He wasn't, he wasn't forcing shots. He was ready and, and, and ready to load, lock and load in the corner, knock down some open threes. Not mad at what Norman Powell did tonight. Danny Green, solid game. Danny Green's Danny Green. He's going to give you consistent defense. He's going to give you solid shooting, a couple rebounds here and there. Solid game. I'm not really mad at Danny Green. Kyle Lowry, I really hope. Now, as, we're record- as I'm recording this podcast, the media is probably waiting for Kyle Lowry. And if you look at Kyle Lowry's stat line, he shot 3 of 14. He was 0 for 9 from 3 for 9 points, right? Tough shooting night for Kyle Lowry. This coming off the fact that this coming off the fact that Kyle Lowry has been, you know, he's coming off, I think it was five straight double doubles in which he was shooting a great percentage, obviously, but the assists were the things, right? And you look at a game like tonight where there's no Kawhi, and so you need more scoring. Kyle Lowry, you could tell, made a point early on to get everyone involved. He finished with 15 assists, which I think was a marvelous job, a dope job by Kyle Lowry because he's getting everyone else involved. He knows that you need more scoring, but you're going to need, Serge is going to need a little help. Pascal's going to need a little help. You know, Danny Green and Norm, you're going to make their life easier by setting them up. And I think you saw that from Kyle. I'm going to actually give Kyle Lowry a pass on his shooting night. He had a tough night for sure. No doubt. 0 for 9 from three is not good at all. But these are tough games for Kyle Lowry where, you're resting Kawhi Leonard. And so there's going to be so much more pressure on Kyle Lowry to deliver at a higher clip than he normally does. And so to me, it's kind of unfair to then point at him if he has an off shooting night on the first night of a back to back, because he's going to have to go out tomorrow night and try to guard who Ben Simmons or no, you'll probably the matchups will probably be a little different. But the point is there's another big boy matchup waiting for Kyle Lowry tomorrow night. And, you know, what you got from him tonight, poor shooting effort, but it's okay. The biggest thing I'm hoping for that doesn't happen, I'm really hoping that the media doesn't go at Kyle Lowry and we get the salty Kyle Lowry tonight. Because to me, it's unfair, right? It's a, it's, a tough, it's a tough matchup for Kyle. The way that the Bucks play, especially as mentioned, they're shooting a whole lot more threes, but also the pace of play, pace of play is up. So now if you're Kyle Lowry and you're having to create every single shot, over and over again for the rest of your teammates because you're trying to get more baskets without Kawhi. You also have to guard up on D. And these guys are, are playing at such a faster pace. That's a lot on Kyle Lowry. That's a lot to ask this guy to do. And then add in the fact that his backup is Lorenzo Brown. And that's not a knock on Lorenzo Brown. It's just real spit. Lorenzo Brown is, you know, he, he's just now getting acclimated to the NBA, Right you don't know what you're going to get from Lorenzo Brown yet. We saw him give good good minutes in other games, but you can't really count on what Lorenzo Brown is going to give you just yet. We're not there yet, right? Um, I'm going to go into the comments here, and I'm in uh, Periscope. And Mike, Mike Strikes Back says, is this the Eastern Conference Finals preview? That's a good question, Mike. And we also have the same question from, uh, I don't know if that's Wale, Wale Brelf. I don't know what that says, but something like that. Two people asking if this is a West Eastern Conference Finals preview. I mean, that's super interesting because at the end of the day, so much talk about the Boston Celtics coming into this season. So much talk about, you know, the Philadelphia 76ers, obviously, coming into this season. And so the Raptors... A lot of people thought the Raptors kind of fell under the radar. But if the Raptors were under the radar heading in to this season, then the Milwaukee Bucks were definitely coming under the radar this season. And the Milwaukee, you didn't know how they were going to react. Everyone's always been expecting year after year. I think Foots was talking about that on one of our recent podcasts about how every year we're getting told this could be the Giannis MVP year, right? We've heard that maybe for the past two or three years at least. And so you're hearing that again this year. But I think the thing that people missed was the fact that they have a new coach. And Mike Bunholzer, I mean, say what you want about those Atlanta Hawks teams, but those teams were solid, consistent, uh, what, 50-win teams, right, that Mike Bunholzer led. And they had a good, solid offense. Obviously, he's a guy coming from the Spurs with that pedigree. So he added legitimacy to an Atlanta Hawks franchise that didn't really have it. He's gone now. You're kind of seeing they're struggling this year, but the point is, people kind of undervalued what Mike Bunholzer would bring to this Bucks team, because a lot of the talk when you saw them play last year was about how they have good players, but it doesn't seem to be working for one reason or another, and now Bunholzer comes in, and you're seeing it now, and trust me, I'm more impressed by this Milwaukee Bucks team, how they looked without Giannis, because I feel like you know what you're going to get from Giannis. That's a little bit of everything, right? But the rest of these guys, Malcolm Brogdon was playing with so much more confidence. Eric Bledsoe, when the offenses consist of a lot more of just here's the ball, try to break down your man, ISO one-on-one, maybe a pick and roll, right? Like we're seeing so much more to the offense that it gets easier buckets. Plus, these are guys that play defense. That team is super long, super crazy. That team will get buckets just off their defense. So it's a really solid team. But if I were to tell you last year that last year's Milwaukee Bucks would be in a game without Giannis, and then their second best player, Chris Middleton, would shoot four of 11, you'd probably assume that that's an L for the Bucks, right? And instead, it's a blowout victory against the Raptors. And another guy to give a lot of credit to is Ursan Ilyasova. He started in place of Giannis, and he really set the tone early. He was banging in shots early, finished 8 of 12, 19 points, 10 rebounds. Solid, I mean, what more can you really expect from a guy filling in for Giannis, but he did a great job. And I'm really interested to see, and I, I urge Raptor fans, if you if you catch a Milwaukee Bucks game, I'm pretty sure they play the Celtics on Thursday. That's what they're talking about during the broadcast, right? This Bucks team, especially if Giannis is back, I'm going to be so interested to, to watch them play because... Giannis is a guy that's going to be doing a lot of the paint work and now the way that their team is set up it's just motion on the perimeter and guys just willing and able to shoot threes that's a scary team going forward I mean after watching the start that this team's gotten off to after watching them play without Giannis it's not far-fetched at all to think that this Milwaukee Bucks team could be in the Eastern Conference Finals I mean again you're talking about a team that in most series, Giannis is going to be the best player in that series. So it's not far-fetched at all to think that. And of course, you know my stance on where the Toronto Raptors will be if they have a healthy Kawhi Leonard. I definitely think that team can be in the NBA Finals or yeah, in the NBA Finals. So definitely Bucks Raptors could be a sneaky Eastern Conference Finals preview because this team looks really good. I'm looking forward to see how the Bucks do against the Boston Celtics on Thursday night. Let's go back to the Raptors for a bit. Because there are a lot of things here that, you know, we should talk about, in, including your Toronto Raptors, just because, you know, they played well. I'm not really mad at, like, you knew they were going to lose. They're going to lose a game. They weren't going to go 82-0. and So that's the first thing, Raptors fans, chill out. A back-to-back against Milwaukee and the Sixers, that's a tough back-to-back, right? If you came out of that with a split, you'd take that. Right? So you lose the front end of the back to back. You lose the game without Kawhi Leonard. And you should be okay with that. But again, the bigger thing to focus on is you really need Fred. You really need Delon to get healthy. I know Delon played, but Delon still doesn't look right. Delon again, thirteen minutes he was one of five for four points. That's not really gonna cut it, especially without Fred. You need more from Delon right. I felt that Lorenzo Brown was more taking the lead of the second unit where if you have DeLon right, he's supposed to be that guy, especially if Fred's not there. So that tells me maybe he's still working his way back from injury. So hopefully DeLon gets right soon. Pardon the pun. I didn't mean to do that. That was terrible. I hate... That's for uh, my guy, John, that I do uh, the... Uh, what's the other podcast we do on the challenge? What's it called? You Killed It. Wow. Do too many podcasts nowadays. I can't even remember the names of them all. But... uh Yeah, it's just an interesting twist, right? Because the way that the Raptors bench looked, it tells you just how important the whole operation is. And a lot of the focus is going to be that Kawhi Leonard didn't play tonight. But I'm telling you, the bigger issue was that Fred Van Fleet didn't play. OG didn't play, which then, you know, you're taking guys and you have to move them up a peg, meaning Norman Powell. You're taking him from your second unit, moving him into the starting lineup. And now you're forcing guys like, you need Malachi Richardson. You need Lorenzo Brown to play well. And that just didn't happen. And then to double down on that, C.J. Miles. What happened to C.J. Miles? I don't know what's going on. C.J. Miles has struggled all season long. I think C.J. Miles had one good game this year. I mean, the game against Dallas, he shot 4-6 from the floor. But it's not even the fact so much of numbers from C.J. Miles. When you're watching the game and you see the open looks that this guy's getting like these are like the reason why you're here is to hit threes. Now, when you're missing wide open threes, that's a big problem because the thing is, CJ Miles, if you're not hitting threes, then you know, you're not in the game for your defensive play. You're not in the game for, you know, your driving to the basket or your playmaking. You're in the game to knock down threes. So if you're not knocking down threes, and tonight he was one of seven from three point land, and a lot of those were good looks. A lot of those were Kyle Lowry setting him up, getting him a good look. So Raptors definitely need more from CJ Miles if there is a hope for them to, you know, if he is going to be a key contributor to this team going forward. Now, the other thing that I found super interesting is I'm watching Kyle Lowry talk right now, and I'm just hoping. Like, I'll wait for and hope for uh, some of the quotes to come across Twitter here, and I'll, I'll read them out for you as they come across my Twitter screen. But uh, the other thing, too, that we need to talk about is Pascal Siakam. Now, Beals and Foots, from, from the start of this season on this podcast, those guys have been telling you about, and even Bellamo. I'll give Bellamo a lot of credit, too. Everyone has been pointing it to the fact that Pascal Siakam this is going to be the year. This is going to be the coming out party of Pascal Siakam. I cannot believe just the confidence that this guy has. Night in, night out, I'm seeing just a little something different from his game that's making me think, wow, like, where did that come from, right? During, in the middle of that game, I tweeted out, seriously, I don't know who gassed Pascal Siakam this offseason, but give that person a raise. His game, the fact that, Like how many guys, when you watch all of the NBA, right? I feel like Draymond, Draymond became the poster boy for this, but the whole your forward grabs a rebound and he's automatically leading the fast break. If you have that, the weapon that that gives your team, the weapon that, or how much that helps a guy like Kyle Lowry, who on a night like tonight, when you're down a point guard, you need a little bit of a rest, So if you can cheat a little bit, and I use that as a reference to, you know, what we talked about last year where LeBron would kind of cheat while he's on the floor, but if you're Kyle Lowry and you're playing these heavy minutes every once in a while, it helps you so much if a guy like Siakam can bring the ball up for you, if a guy like Siakam can get the offense going, he's doing that at like 6'9", 6'10". That is crazy, Right? As this guy continues to improve, we saw a lot more of his game tonight in terms of being able to get the ball, in terms of being able to create plays not only for himself but for his teammates as well. And it's not assist numbers. Sometimes it's a hockey pass and making that the hockey assist, right, and making the extra pass to get to the assist. But 10 of 16 for 22 points. Him and Kyle are really starting to get that, you know, to get that, that – um, continuity going. That's not the word I'm looking for. Him and Kyle have starting to really get, you know, they're starting to look more comfortable together, right? Kyle's driving to the basket and he's he's dropping it off for Pascal. He's kind of knowing, you know, I feel that point guard, big man relationship. It takes you a while for the guard to kind of know here's how or here's where I can give the big guy the ball and he can make a move and get buckets, right? Because it's going to be different for Kyle Lowry where you can give Pascal the ball, or where he can give Serge the ball, or where he can give JV the ball, right? And I feel like the the more and more time that goes on, we're seeing like Pascal's game really blow up and expand and really turn into something that I didn't know that we were getting this this season. Maybe somewhere down the line, might have thought it was coming maybe two years from now, but where this kid is at right now, it's kind of scary because... You wonder just how this all flows, right? How this is all going to work this season. But another big night from Pascal Siakam. And if I'm going to pick out, you know, normally on the podcast, we'll pick out who was the king of the court or the MVP of the night. And we normally do it from a Raptor standpoint, right? And, you know, obviously, I think from if I was going to hand it out from the Buck standpoint, I'm going to go with Malcolm Brogdon. I just think he did a great job of controlling the game. He had a great impact on the game it wasn't just all about scoring but it just seemed like every time the Raptors were getting kind of close he was there to make a play whether it was an assist or a swing pass or you know a steal or something like that but if you're looking at the Toronto Raptors Serge Ibaka is balling I don't know where this came from I don't know how long this is gonna last but let's just enjoy the ride because if you're seeing 30 and 9 from Serge Ibaka and I mean there were times where he was taking shots. He he started off, I wanna say seven for seven in this game, right? And then there was a, a little a little a little blip where Serge went, oh for his next five after starting seven for seven. But you gotta let that slide. You really gotta let that slide. Because maybe he was a little bit tired, maybe he needed a a little extra rest because of the heavy load in minutes that he was being asked to carry because when the Raps went to JV, JV just didn't have it. And I don't know if it was a straight matchup because they tried to, if Brook Lopez is starting, even when Brook Lopez was in the game, Brook Lopez is playing on the perimeter more so than he's playing in the post. So I don't know if that's a real good matchup for Jonas Valanciunas. Once you remove Brook Lopez from the equation, JV can't play with Henson. Not really. That's not a good matchup. That's not a matchup you want. If Henson's in the game, if Don Maker's in the game, and they're going really small, JV can't play in that in that system. It's just not going to work. And we saw that tonight, where JV was three for ten for ten points, three rebounds. He really struggled. He really, really struggled. And on again on a night like tonight, where your bench is is you know your bench is depleted you kind of hope that Jonas Valanciunas would step up and really be the anchor of that second unit. You want to be able to throw him the ball down low and let him get you buckets. And that just didn't happen tonight. I don't know. But I'm reading comments in here, and I see someone say it's a GoDaddy curse, <laughs> which we talked about before, but if you go back each and every year... uh the go daddy curse we've seen it to jv had a pretty bad year when he did the GoDaddy stuff norm and that annoying commercial where he was singing the song norm struggled on his go daddy year and this year it's cj's pjs and cj yeah i don't know they might be kicking him back to the pjs if he keeps up this like poor poor shooting because it's not good we're it's not good from cj miles right now uh I know who this is, but I'm not going to give them the credit of saying their name. Says it's no, nah bro, not continuity. Thank you, I corrected myself. Also says Surge sucks. I mean, I think those are just troll comments, and I will leave that person as only being named as a troll. Certain people might know who I'm talking about, (laughs) but let's move on. Uh, more comments here, TM416 says, I thought our 4-5 this year should have been Pascal and Serge. Now, there's been a lot of talk this year about this, right? How are the Raptors going to do this each and every game? Are you going to be playing the matchup game? Which, again, at the very start, when the broadcast announced who was going to be starting for the Toronto Raptors, they said that it was going to be Jonas Valanciunas in the starting lineup instead of Serge Ibaka. Then, as the game started you heard, I think it was Jack or Matt Devlin, I'm not sure which one it was, but one of them said, wait a second, it looks like Serge is actually coming out and starting tonight. So I don't know when that change actually came, but we've talked about it before that the matchup of Pascal and Serge might be the actual, you know, starting lineup that will get the majority of the starts this year. And we saw that tonight. Those guys can play well together. They can feed off each other. It's a tough matchup for other front courts to to match up with because not only is Surge, you know, when Surge is Surge, when Surge is OKC Surge, he's a load, right? Like he's tough to handle, and you match him up with Pascal, Mister Do It Everything right now. There's very few front lines that'll be able to match up with that. So I like Surge and Pascal as a starting front court, but I also give Nick Nurse a lot of credit because I I like. His flexibility, right? I like the fact that he's able to go into each game and just adjust. He's not stuck in his ways of, you know, well, this is going well. I got to stick with that. So uh, as I continue, I see homemade Congolese cooking. All right. Serge Ibaka, yes, doing work. That's a shout out to Serge Ibaka. Uh Someone else says, I thought the GoDaddy curse was transferred to Aisha Curry, but alas, not to be. Um. here's an interesting question, right? And I, and I actually did talk about this earlier with a couple of friends at work. Uh, I'm trying to read the name, but I think it says Nanobot it says, are you worried about Kyle's mileage this year with so many injuries to our backup PGs? Yes, I'm definitely worried about that. I'm also worried about the fact that early on this season, we're talking about, we're so focused on Kawhi Leonard playing on back-to-backs there's been no mention of Kyle Lowry and if you remember back to last year one of the big things with Dwayne Casey and I guess from Masai top down one of the things was they wanted to make sure that Kyle Lowry was healthy heading into the playoffs and so they managed his minutes a lot they made sure that he wasn't playing heavy minutes the bench actually took care of a lot of that too because the way that DeLon and Freddie were playing last year made it easy to take it easy on Kyle Lowry's Uh, minutes last year obviously with the injuries early on Kyle's gonna have to carry a lot more of the point guard duties and when you take away Kawhi Leonard which you have in two of the seven games they played this year that's also putting a lot more mileage on Kyle Lowry but it's a long season so the hope is that somewhere along the way they'll be able to cheat some games with Kyle Lowry in the same way that they're doing with Kawhi Leonard now right Kyle Lowry Kyle Lowry I think too you're playing off the fact that he, he came into this season with a lot to prove. Kyle Lowry hears the whispers he hears what everyone was saying this offseason you know everyone being worried about how he would play this year without DeMar DeRozan he heard the whispers and he came out with something to prove this year and I think you're kind of riding with that early momentum and Kyle's look great but yes I do worry about his minutes you do hope that Freddie comes back, not only to give Kyle Lowry a bit of a rest, but you need Fred Van Fleet, right? Like Fred Van Fleet is a key, key part to this Toronto Raptors team, because at the end of the day, he's an extra playmaker, right? At the end of the day, you need, the more playmakers that you have on your team, the more successful you'll be, right? And so you saw it tonight against, the uh, if you use Milwaukee as an example, they're very successful because they have Brogdon and Bledsoe in their backcourt they start but if you compare that to you know you get a lot of minutes of Kyle Lowry in the backcourt with Freddie and you see how successful that is for the Toronto Raptors playing with two point guards because you get you know another guy who can drive and kick another guy who can create plays and that's so important for this Toronto Raptors team so not only do they need Freddie back but DeLon's got to get healthy they need more from DeLon right because DeLon right is a key part of this team with Fred VanVleet, without Fred VanVleet, yeah, you need DeLon, right? So hopefully those two guys get healthy. Hopefully they can help because Lorenzo Brown is not there yet. You're seeing that you can get minutes from him, but you can't be relying on him as much as you rely on Freddie and DeLon. You saw that tonight's game, right? It seemed like the moment was a little too big for Lorenzo Brown at times. He couldn't really hang with Brogdon or uh, Bledsoe, but again, you expect that. You're going to see growing pains, right? It's not going to come that easy for a guy like Lorenzo Brown right away. So yes, I am worried about Kyle Lowry's minutes, but I mean, hey, it's early in the season and I trust in Nick Nurse, obviously. Nick Nurse knows what he's doing. I'm sure as early on as he's easing Kawhi in, He probably has talked to Kyle about the fact that, hey, as we ease Kawhi in, we're going to need you're going to play a lot more minutes, but there's going to be a stretch during this season where Kyle Lowry's the one resting on the second night of back to backs. I'm confident in that fact. And because they know, much like how important it is to have Kawhi Leonard if you want to make a deep run in the playoffs, you definitely need Kyle Lowry if you're going to make a deep run in the playoffs. So, same thing there. Um, so thank you for that question. Uh, Continuing with more questions, I know Kyle's assists are up. It's a real change in his game. Freddie is also a good defender. That's a very good point as well. Uh, (laughs) This person says, you're being very charitable to Lorenzo. I hope he's got more to give, but he looks out of it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Lorenzo Brown did not have a good game. As mentioned, the Raptors lost this game because of their bench. The numbers weren't even close. Milwaukee's bench just dominated this game. And this was one of those games where you would see the classic Kyle Lowry kind of control the tempo, try to keep it close. You know, his scoring numbers wouldn't be there until the end. You know, he's kind of trying to control the game. And then hopefully at the end, if the game's close, he would then try to close out as Kyle Lowry. We've seen him do time after time. But the Bucks are just a different animal this season. They really are. And we saw a lot of the numbers tonight of just what this Bucks team was doing, and it was crazy, right? It was really, really crazy. The Raptors were out of it, I want to say from, I mean, they were down, what, 11 at half, 9 at half? Things weren't close at all. And the third quarter, that lead got extended to 15, and then it was just jammed done. But my overall message, Raptor fans, is chill out, relax it's okay. It's first loss of the season. Kawhi Leonard didn't play. And also as the strength of your team is the depth, right now you're missing, you missed three regulars. You're missing, you know, if Kawhi Leonard is your best player, Fred Van Fleet is probably your what? Fourth or fifth best player. You know what I mean? Like you're missing key pieces to your team. And in fact, you haven't even had your full team at any point of this season so far, and you're still six and one. So relax, it's okay. We're going to have a healthy, fresh Kawhi Leonard tomorrow night against the Sixers, and that's a game I'm, I'm excited to see. You know, I kind of wondered you know, how Nick Nurse would run the minutes because in the third quarter or at the start of the fourth, the game kind of seemed to be getting out of hand, and you thought, you know, is it time to pull the starters knowing that you have another game tomorrow night? The starters stayed in a little, a little longer, and then the game really got out of hand before he went to the bench. But Kyle Lowry still played 36 minutes tonight. That's a lot of minutes for Kyle Lowry. And so hopefully, the hope is, at home against the Sixers, a fully rested Kawhi, that's when you need the MVP Kawhi. Tomorrow night against the Sixers. Because it's a big matchup. The Sixers also will be playing on the second night of a back-to-back as... They defeated the Atlanta Hawks tonight 113 92. And as I bring up that box score, I mean, it's the Atlanta Hawks, so they're starting Vince Carter in 2018. So that just tells you where that franchise is right now in 2018. But as I open up that box score, we see that Ben Simmons finished with 21 points, not or 12 rebounds, and nine assists. Joel Embiid, slow night, 10 points, six assists, six rebounds. But again, to the Atlanta Hawks and the Sixers are a young team so I don't doubt at all for I don't doubt for a second that the Sixers were looking ahead to the Raptors matchup and kind of bypassing the Atlanta Hawks because again they're the Atlanta Hawks but tomorrow night's matchup I'm I'm hyped I'm looking forward to that matchup Kawhi Leonard will be well rested hopefully there's enough time for Kyle Lowry and and Surge to recover because those guys had to go hard tonight to, to even keep this game close for three quarters. So hopefully there's enough time for those guys to get back into it because the ACC, whoa, well, I guess it's, what's Scotiabank Arena now? The Scosh? what are we calling it? Let me know in the chat. What are we calling it now, the Scosh? I don't know. But the Scosh, the ACC, whatever we're calling it, will be rocking or should be rocking. Hopefully the real fans aren't too priced out but the hope is that the ACC is rocking for a big-time matchup against the Sixers. And if you remember, Raptors fans, last season, Kyle Lowry and Ben Simmons exchanged some words. Things got a little heated in that matchup where somebody fouled somebody, there was a little chatter back and forth, and it appeared as if Ben Simmons was gesturing to Kyle Lowry to meet him in the back. And Kyle Lowry in Philly, being a Philly guy, there's 0% chance Kyle Lowry was backing down from that. So Kyle said, yeah, let's go. Now, obviously nothing nothing happened, but I would assume that Mr. Kyle Lowry and Mr. Ben Simmons are both looking forward to this matchup. And again, Ben sim not Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid has a way of having certain games circled on his calendar. And I could see this game being a thing where a Raptors fan base going at Joel Embiid, him trying to play up to the crowd. You know, it could be a lot of fun. It'll be a big time matchup. But also I'll say this, Kawhi Leonard's got a ball out tomorrow, right? Like you're sitting at home, you know that the team was playing shorthanded because you're obviously resting, working your way back. And I'm not, I'm not knocking Kawhi Leonard for, for sitting out because he, he only played nine games last year. So it's gonna take him a while to get back to being 100%. But I'm saying if he's sitting at home or in wherever he's at, watching the Raptors lose that game, get blown out, you're watching Serge Ball, you're watching Kyle try to do a little bit of everything, your mentality going into the second night of the back-to-back, knowing that you're fresh while the rest of your teammates were out there battling, it's got to be kill, kill, kill if you're Kawhi Leonard tomorrow. Covington, you, you're getting the business. Whoever else wants some, the whole clip's getting emptied. You need a 30-plus point performance from Kawhi Leonard that's where you need the MVP Kawhi Leonard to show up is in that game tomorrow night also in the chat I'm seeing here I hope OG is back tomorrow Um, I don't know what's going on with OG he was out with personal issues again I'm not sure what's going on but hopefully OG is back in the lineup because well first off on a personal note I hope everything's okay with OG and whatever's going on off the court I hope things are being taken care of and he's okay first and foremost but as it as we shift back to basketball of course the Raptors could use him back in the lineup and hopefully he's okay for tomorrow same with Freddie I understand why like if Fred is struggling to to get back to 100% why play him both games in a back-to-back so hopefully if Freddie took tonight off he's okay to to go tomorrow because again big time matchup against the Sixers so as we wrap up here on the wrap it up podcast, I didn't mean to do that, I call myself out whenever I say stupid cliches, because I don't mean to do that, I really don't, so I call myself out when I say dumbass cliches, or, uh, stupid puns like that, but, uh, again, thanks everyone for, for joining me on Instagram, Instagram Live, shout out to all the people there, I see you, Bellamo, I see you, I see you, Lil Bev, I see you too, um, Chrissy, hello, hello, Dmac, I see you too. Shout out to all the people in the Instagram. Thanks for all your questions. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you to everyone in the chat, whether you were on Twitter or you were in Periscope. Shout out to you guys. Appreciate it. Um, I just kind of winged it tonight. You know, we've been doing this wrap it up podcast now for the start of the season. Things have been going really well. Shout out to everyone who has liked and subscribed on uh, iTunes or on SoundCloud. You can do that if you just search on blast podcast you can find that there listen to this on your commute after each and every game on the way home the next or sorry on your way to work the next morning this turns into a podcast you can find that there again search on blast podcast on soundcloud on google play or on itunes or you can find this wrap it up podcast on youtube i just want to give a special shout out to all the listeners on youtube or all the viewers on youtube really appreciate it Appreciate all the feedback, positive and negative. Trust me, I really do. Because I'm not, I'm not going at this as if I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm winging it and picking it up as we go along. So totally appreciate you being along for the ride with me. We try to get better. We try to improve. We just try to have a space for Raptors fans to talk ball after each and every game. That's a goal. So thank you for joining me again. My name is Shell Alexander, and you can find this podcast. You can join us live and ask questions and join in each and every after each and every Raptor game on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Tonight I put it up on Instagram Live. Maybe we'll do that again tomorrow, just as another way to give people another way to interact with us as we go along. But again, join me after each and every Raptor game at Shell Alexander Live. As mentioned, that pod that gets turned into a podcast, which you can find everywhere you get your podcasts: SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, under On Blast Podcast, and again on YouTube. Shout out to that last week's or the last video we did. Momentum's really building. We're almost at like we're, we're doing numbers. Numbers are doing okay. I'll just say that and. Hopefully they continue. Hopefully you didn't get tired of hearing my voice. I'm about to lose my voice, didn't realize I was talking for that long, but that's what Raptors basketball does. Gets me hyped. So again, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Tomorrow, um, who's lined up? I got two people lined up to join me tomorrow. So that'll be cool. Right back at it again. I'll try to bounce back tomorrow. Hopefully my voice is better and back to normal. And hopefully the Raptors bounce back as well as again, they fall losing their first game of the season Uh, let's see if they've actually yep the final score is 124-109 the Raptors fall to the Milwaukee Bucks as the Bucks improve to 7-0 the Raptors fall to 6-1 and hopefully they can bounce back tomorrow with Kawhi Leonard back in the lineup and Hopefully you will tune in again to join me, Sheldon Alexander, because as a wise man once said, I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps Post Game Show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.